So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name is Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. Welcome to Brian's Rompod. second part of my discussion with Katie Kennedy into the world of running, aiming to help listeners overcome hurdles, enhance their performance and revolutionise their runs. Running, whether as a hobby or a sport, can present numerous challenges. These can range from physical discomfort and demotivation to rising costs associated with the running gear. This episode is designed to provide practical solutions and insights to both seasoned marathoners beginners lacing up their shoes for the first time i really hope you enjoy this episode do you think and i was just listening to the runners world podcast they were saying that do you think people are being running's becoming a bit too expensive because now you can buy really expensive you can buy kipchoge's running shoes which are like really expensive or there's specific running shoes which has been made by Adidas, which only lasts for 50 miles, but they're, really, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're you know, tremendously light or something like that. Do you think over the years, um, or maybe since you've done your research, could that has, has that been a factor? No? I definitely think running has become more expensive since I started looking at beginner runners, because when I was doing my when I was doing my second, my third study, which was on podcasts, I had some like some really simple advice for my participants about find a comfortable running bra, find a yeah. find a pair of shoes which are comfortable. They don't have to be that expensive. And at the time, you could buy a, an okay pair of running shoes for thirty or forty pounds. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure that's the case now. They might be seventy or eighty. Yeah. You don't need to spend two hundred pounds on a pair of no, running no, shoes. No. That's for sure. No, yeah. And you still don't really need to spend that much money. You can go to the Catalan and get yourself yeah. out for not that much money. You, yeah. I think it's important to be comfortable. Yeah. I did have a bunch of participants who complained bitterly that their brows were not supportive enough and their trousers were falling down while they were trying to run. So I think it's important to be comfortable. I don't think you need to spend a fortune, definitely not. And it is still one of the cheapest sports out there if you're going to play tennis you still need a decent bra you need a tennis racket which is 150 quid i'd still say in ter- a gym membership is what 50 quid 100 quid a month yeah. so in terms of actual cost of exercise planning is still it is still pretty cheap and accessible even if it has increased in price recently mm-hmm. that's, that's what what do you think has been one of the, the barriers to people just getting out the door oh well there are many (laughs) there are many I mean I think everyone's struggles get out the door I have to be honest (laughs) the other day my son dragged me out of a run and I was like I would not have gone if you hadn't dragged me out I would so not have gone (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I love running but I think 
there's it's a lot of very complex reasons. People say not enough time. So the main the num one of the main reasons people give for not exercising is they say they don't have enough time. But then all the kind of the time use data shows that people have enough time to watch a couple of hours telly every night. So clearly yeah. that's it's not matter of time, it's a matter of priorities, really. Yeah. It does require organization to do a bit of running. I, I actually think that trying to fit in running around everyday life is probably much easier than example swimming so your swimming pool has to be open for a certain at a certain time you have to be able to access it if you're going to do an aerobics class i do a zumba class so i have to book onto my zumba class a week before so i can get a space yes yeah i'll say that running requires quite a lot less logistical kind of thinking than most sports because you can literally shove your shoes on stick some running kit on and run around the block so sometimes that's what i do if i'm really desperate for some exercise i'll just i have been known to do dinner intervals <laughs> so i'll put dinner <laughs> on i'll run around the block i'll stir the potatoes or whatever i'll run around the block again i'll put some carrots on <laughs> good i like that i like that yeah do you I think do people you gonna... Sorry, but it's usually when, I, when I've been motivated to get to a goal, like I've got a certain number of miles a year that I really want to run, and I'm, I'm like, it's, it's December, I have to get to my goal. <laughs> Do you think the people who kind of plan ahead, it, that that helps? That to, so, for instance, oh, I'll go a different route this time, or I'll do, I, I didn't haven't done in, any intervals, just to mm-hmm. break it up, and I'll, what was it? I'll listen to different forms of music when that Mm -hmm. will help motivate me or I've got a new pair of trainers and I'll go and you feel as if you're going to go faster but you don't really (laughs) (laughs) I think those little um, factors can help I think whatever works honestly I think try stuff and see if it works make it make yourself a new running playlist and see if it helps definitely yeah if you've got some new shoes you do need to try them out because you don't want to waste your money do you yeah I think and yeah if you are really bored with your existing route, then try something, try a different route, try it backwards. You can always do that. And there's lots of lots and lots of tips and tricks you can use to get yourself out the door. I think sometimes people used to post on Twitter, didn't they? I'm going on, I'm going for a run. <laughs> a bit of social accountability is always quite good. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes <laughs> there's a thing called hashtag 100 days of running or something like that. Mm. Uh, and then you just, it, it helps you. To, to keep going and you're telling everyone else that you're keeping going there's have you heard of red january no it's no. i think it originally started as run every day january it's i think something to do with mental health actually and oh, the wow. idea is you you run every day in january oh okay uh, uh, because january is obviously the most miserable time of year yeah. And it's also like when you start New Year's resolutions and so on. Yeah, that seems to be a real thing. I think they might actually have extended it to other forms of exercise as well mm. for people who, for example, don't want to run. But that's a really having a streak is sometimes a really good way of keeping people motivated. Mm. If you have to run like one mile every day, otherwise you'll break a streak. That can be really, very motivating for some people. Not for me. I would hate it. I would be. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think for some people, it really, it really can work. Definitely. Yeah. So do you, they don't have any choice in it, they have to do it. Yeah. So w- within your research, was there any conclusion that you thought that there were, I know it's very generalist, but there are certain things that worked to help keep that momentum of, of running? I'm not sure that my research was really focused on that, to be honest. Okay. 
my research was looking at so one thing I did find the reason why I did my second running study was because one of my findings from the first beginner group study was mm. that couch to 5k is actually quite difficult for complete beginners and very unfit people interesting okay quite intense and I interviewed the the chap who Josh. designed did you really yeah, oh, Josh Clark. Oh, what a lovely man. Lovely oh, man. I see. I'd love to have him on. But I think I did try emailing him, but he probably gets loads and loads of requests. Because he, he, he developed it. He developed it because he uh, he broke up from a girlfriend or something like that. And then he... Uh, I think So I think it was his mum. His mum was 50 and was a bit unfit and wanted to... Oh, yeah. So he developed it for her, put it online just as online things were taking off and it went off from there. But it's actually never been changed since. So the NHS version of the Couch 5K is the same version that he originally came up with. I think it was a... It, so it's very well designed from a psychological point of view because it's chunked into small amounts. Yeah. You have some easy wins because you start off at a very low base and then you improve over the weeks and you run for longer. Yeah. Um, and you have a sense of achievement because it's very structured. Yeah. So it is, in terms of psychology, very well designed. Right. So right. he actually works in, I think it's usability or something he like makes, that. Yeah, he, uh, So he's not a psychologist, but there's clearly yeah. some good psychology behind it, definitely. Yeah. But um, he said even from reading that I think when he designed, devised the program, he had no sports science background, but it just so mm. happens that it worked. So, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason it worked is because it is it does it is it is an on ramp. It's very it starts off quite gent- gently and, and increases over time. But I think it is actually for, for real beginners or for very unfit people who might struggle to walk quickly. It's a huge challenge. And I think that that's one thing that I did find out for my first study was that for some people, it was just too much. If you're already quite fit, it was fine. It was OK. You might not have had any problems. But if you're not if you're not and if, if you haven't run before or if, if you're really struggling, then actually it can be quite disheartening to not be able to do that week. I think it's week five or week six. There's a really long run chucked in there, 20 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes from eight minutes to 20 minutes, which is a, a huge leap. I decided to do my own version, but make it more gentle and with more optional walking, uh, more optional runs in there. So it gave people an opportunity to do, if you're having a hard day, you could do a little bit more walking and a little bit less running, for example. So I came with my own But you're still progressing to the same But you're still progressing. Which is, that's great. Yeah, and I didn't have that huge leap as well. And I also started off with 30 seconds running because I was like, a minute is a long time for a complete beginner. So I started off really slow, so really gentle. So, yeah, so I came up with my own version and then I compared it with the Couch 5K version and I got feedback on it. And originally I wanted to go off and do something with it, but then obviously mm. life-changing career, finished my PhD. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I will at some do, point. Be able to do you think the Couch to 5K is trying to shoehorn itself into every how everyone's fitness and that's why maybe sometimes it works for someone and then then other times it works for other people it's like a lot of the thing these things Mm. that's a problem if you have a very structured program then it is by its very nature going to be one size fits all or one size doesn't quite fit everyone more likely um 
So, yeah, so I wanted something which was maybe a little bit more flexible and maybe aimed at people who were less fit as well. That was really what I was aiming for. And then, but I think the Catch 5K, if, you're, if you've run before, if you're trying to come back from injury, it is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Or if you've got quite a high level of fitness, then yes, it is a fantastic program, definitely. And it's been very successful. I think also the another thing that I included as part of my podcast was some of the kind of psychology behind running as well and trying to get people to enjoy it a bit more rather than just playing music at them so I had some countdowns in there to, so they knew when they were going to finish because there's lots of psychology behind timing and people yeah. knowing when things are going to be finished for example mm-hmm. so there's quite a lot of psychology that I put into my podcast as well in terms of yeah. those kind of ideas but also Things like look around you, make sure you notice what's going on around you, just to take your mind off things. Because the people running by themselves, and it's much more kind of, you can be really focused on your body. And the research also shows that being focused externally, especially if you're a beginner, then that could be more successful. Let's take a quick break. Just a short break to tell you about some exciting news. We have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Now back to the podcast. No, I totally agree because I know it's a small thing, but on when you're doing intervals, it's really nice mm. when they say, this is your last interval. Because exactly. when you, t- <laughs> <laughs> because you're, if you're doing a, like a really hard interval and then you're waiting mm. for the rest and then you're thinking, is this the last one? Even though, for instance, I'm yep. going to do a thousand kilometers of warm up, and then I'm going to do eight times 30 seconds yep. fast with a 30 second you're not going to remember which number you're going to be on. Sort of thing. It'd be nice, like they say, this is your last one. So you can really put much more of an effort into it. Or that kind yeah. of way you can feel relieved. Yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah. It, it's actually, it's a, it, you can go even more in depth in terms of like psychology from that. So there's a thing called the small area effect. And it's basically focusing on the smaller area is more motivating than focusing on the larger area. So for example, if you have eight, then knowing that you're on number two of eight is really motivating. Then there's a stuck in the middle effect where yeah. the middle is the hardest bit. And then once you've gone past the middle, then you're on an upward motivational curve. So if you know the middle, then that can be the most difficult bit, but then you're after you're over that kind of yeah. psychological hump, if you were. And then the small area effect is what you have left. So only three to go only two to go, only one, last one. So you could be even more specific than that. All right, interesting. <laughs> so instead of saying, oh, you have seven to go, that's really demotivating. Exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> instead you've done, you've done two whole intervals and later on you've gone, you're on number seven. <laughs> you've only got, two, so you've only got two to go now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's very interesting. And also you can, if you monitor it, then you can um, uh, have a look at your intervals and how fast you're going when on, the, on an app or something like that. Mm-hmm. You, you analyze, it, analyze it further. 
Do you think it's I'm good to... It's been a very long time, to be honest. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit sort of um, you know, paralysis by analysis, me. Sort of and then, You're clearly very into the data, which I admire. Yeah. <laughs> but as to when, what I do with the data or whatever, I always find that it's all very much having a lot of data and that kind of thing. But when I look back, it's saying I'm running the same as I was by the speed as I was three years ago or something that kind of thing. So. That's good. That's improvement if you got yeah, one, yeah. right? <laughs> Is it always good to reward yourself? Do you, do you think that helps? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I think you should. I think especially for beginners, once you've started doing the Couch 5K, I think it's a really good idea to give yourself a big pat on the back, tell people so they can congratulate you. you give yourself a round of applause. I think actually celebrating the end is always a really good idea and just taking some time to think about, oh, look, I've accomplished this. I think that's why the K and similar programs are really rewarding because you can see a huge improvement over a relatively short period of time. It might be more difficult once you get to a certain level and you plateau, yeah. then it might become more difficult. I think for beginners, definitely like celebrating your successes is a really good kind of, it's really good motivating factor. And as well, so my my beginner groups, they all, they give each other a round of applause at the end. And I think that's a really, a real kind of like a, a sense of achievement, I think. So yeah. that's important, definitely. Do you think his program would have worked in a non-digital age, I know it. I know he put it on a website and that kind of thing. You think that? So I thought that he'd actually invented it, but it turns out there's a paper that was written by someone. Uh, I don't remember who it was. I think he's a, a kind of a social geographer, and he had examined this interval training program yeah. Yeah. from I think it was the 1950 or something 1950s 1960s something like that and it was set up by a doctor who was trying to get people to not have heart attacks it was something random like that and he right. actually had intervals it was a fascinating paper he actually had running run walk intervals to get people to start to run right. so i don't think there's anything new under the sun really but definitely in case of the right place right time right technology yes the, exactly the fact that apps came along then I think Couch 5K probably got an extra boost because then you can program it and then you can program it so people could listen to their own music because, again, music can be a huge motivator for getting people to enjoy their running, definitely. My gosh, nearly, well, we've done 50 minutes already. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say, do you have any sporting heroes? Do I have any sporting heroes? I'm not sure I do. <laughs> You're expecting me to say something like Paul and Radcliffe or something, aren't you? <laughs> no, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know. no, I mean, I grew up with Sebco and uh, Steve Ovet, that, that kind of thing. So I liked that kind of that rivalry that they had and mm. a great thing for British athletics at the time. So um, I did beat Roger Black in a race. Oh, really? <laughs> He was running with his four-year-old. Oh, really? <laughs> there was an event at Surrey Sports Park. It was a kind of it was a 
a fun sports day. It was a really great thing, actually, really great idea. And they had a, a, a like a one mile, one K race or something around the field. And I was like, yes, I beat Roger Black because he was there as a kind of ambassador. <laughs> Very nice man. <laughs> so what would you say from your research? I know we briefly talked about it, but is to what would your big takeaways be for people who are starting out running? in terms of from an, uh, an emotional point of view? I think the main thing would be slow down. Yeah. That would be the main takeaway is people think that they have to go off like Usain Bolt. They think running must be hard, running must be fast, running must be painful. Mm. And I'm not sure that any of that is particularly, it doesn't have to be true. Running can be uncomfortable, definitely. And if it is uncomfortable, then you can use all kinds of ideas to take your mind off it. Listening to music has definitely been shown to help. Examining your environment, running with someone else so you can talk to them. Yeah. Loads of different ideas like that to like distract from the discomfort. But I don't think it should be painful. I don't think it should be hard. I think mm. you should try to enjoy it, definitely. You shouldn't. I think it's very much a very macho idea about running should be fast, should be hard. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think, mm. especially for beginners, if you want to run for the long term, you should not go off like a bat out of hell because it hurts. It's painful. <laughs> you'll get injured, you'll give up, and nobody wants that. So I think your aim at the start should be you'll you'll improve anyway. If you yes. just go out and yeah. jog a bit, you will get better naturally. You'll yeah. get fitter. Yeah. Exactly. So I think my number one takeaway would be slow down enjoy yourself okay yeah and then maybe i don't know just i i don't know just get some proper running kit and whatever but don't get I definitely all the yeah. peripheral get a good bra yeah and don't get the <laughs> peripheral good bra and good shoes <laughs> so i know i find it very hard to not go to go running with that watch i think that's i just can't do that but some people do and it can be quite invigorating and sort of i think physical release. comfort is important yes yeah. so if, if it's a really hot day then yes, go when it's cooler, take some water, slow down. I think actually making sure that you're physically as comfortable as you can be is, is also really important. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. mm. We're just coming to the end of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast because I know you <laughs> have done one yourself as well. Um, mine, mine was very different. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is very different. Did you listen to many other sort of beginner podcasts? So I had to listen to a lot of Laura from Capture 5K when I was doing my, and a lot of really terrible music because I had to find the music all myself. I I do, I don't listen to so many exercise podcasts at the moment, but I have in the past. There's a wonderful one by a Swedish man. I'm not sure he does it anymore. Who used to, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts by people who were out running and they'd interview people while they were running. I love that kind of thing. So maybe all right. Yeah. Maybe you get out of your spare room and onto the roads. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Maybe, uh, yeah. Or maybe get a bit fitter and then I can actually ask the questions and then make notes about it with the, the answers. Um, anyway, Katie, thank you very much for agreeing to come on. And I also thank, thank you very you. much to Tamsin as well. For, oh, for Tamsin is wonderful, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's wonderful. In fact, so I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago, but please do listen to that. But, I definitely um, will. Definitely um, will. But well done in your podcast. It's always lovely. Yeah, thank you. This is, up. I think, number forty something. I did I started at the beginning of the year. So. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well done. All right.
Thank you very much. And I'll let you know when it's coming out. And also I'll send you a link. But yeah, but thank you very Excellent much. Excellent stuff. I'll plug it far and wide. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Rompod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running. And next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube. So whether you're pounding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Rompod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website, www.briansrompod.co.uk. And there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. 